Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 110. So you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, Beyond Synth is the show where we listen to awesome music. Electronic, synth wave, retro wave, retro future, whatever the hell you want to call it. What do you want to call it? That's been the thing that I've had the most difficulty with is really figuring out what I want to call it. Because I just say everything is synthwave, but some people aren't uh, so happy about that. Anyways, today we're just going to do a, a Q&A episode. Uh, during the week, I got people to send in questions that I would answer. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm sort of uh, doing these taking care of business episodes, and we did like a whole Keeping It 80s with Marco episode, basically I'm trying to gear up for the summer, because normally I take the summers off and... This year, I've tried not to miss a single week, and so what I've been doing is I've been focusing on getting interviews planned and prepared so that I have enough material to go over the summer, because I might be editing this show in a cottage or something, and so I want to make sure that I have all the content ready, and uh, that's what I'm doing. So I'm prepping, so this summer should be good. Hopefully, we're going to have a lot of new guests on the show throughout the summer, and a few returning favorites. It's just beyond synth as normal. You know how it is. Anyways, let's listen to some music, and then uh, we'll start answering some questions. All right, so this is a track uh, by Nightbots, and this is The Hound, the Volcor X Remix.
And that was Nightbots with the track The Hound, the Volcor X Remix. And that is from the album The Hound Remixed. And there's a bunch of other artists uh, that I featured on the show who have also done some remixes of the track, and it's a pretty cool little album. Do you call a remix if it's just a few songs as an album? These are the things I should learn. So here's a question from Bit Apart. And actually, he wrote me this question a few months ago because I think I was uh, asking for questions before, and there's a few I didn't get to. So this was from Bit Apart, and he says, What did you want to be when grown up as a child? And what would be your dream job now? When I was a kid, I wanted to be an animator. Uh, I think I wanted to do 3D animation, actually. And then when I found out late in high school, when the schools explained what the prerequisites were, and in order to do computer animation, you had to take a one-year classical animation course. And I love classical animation, but I just... I didn't want to do it. And I understand, you know, there's certain disciplines you need to know when preparing for other ones. Like, it's good to, you know, do, like, figure drawing and, you know, like, do nude models and all that stuff to get the human form down before you even go to the next step. But for me, sometimes, when I have an interest in something, I want to just go straight to that thing and then learn on my own and then, you know, figure out as I go what things I should have known and then figure those things out. Because in the case of film school, which I went to, yeah, you know, there was lots of courses on film theory and, uh, you know, analyzing movies and all that stuff. But for me, for the way that my brain works, is I needed to just make something first and then learn the importance of some of those things afterwards. Because sometimes the prerequisite stuff can be really boring. You know, it's like, oh, you got to learn about art theory before you animate. And really, it's like, no, 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 put me in front of a computer and show me how to do it. And then when I start to realize, hey, you know, some of these students are more talented than me or some of these students are putting together stories that are more complex or more engaging. And then they can say, well, you know why those things are more engaging? Because they are paying attention to story structure and all that stuff. And then go, oh, good. So I should probably know that. But I always have to get my hands dirty first. So when it came to film school, uh, you know, I just wanted to get editing. I wanted to get holding the camera and shooting. I didn't want to sit in a class and write down like, here's a here's a textbook that tells you how to operate a camera. No, no, I just give me a camera and then we'll see what I can and can't do and then work from there. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be an animator. Now my dream job. Well, it'd be pretty sweet to be able to do this as a job. I mean, you know, we got a pretty good Patreon going, uh, but it's obviously not a salary. It's, you know, the Patreon right now can cover some of the expenses related to the show, like all the memberships I have to have to different websites and uh, applications and things like that, and uh, software and hardware like microphones and things. But, you know, it'd be cool to be able to do this as a job. You know, that'd be cool. Uh, But my ultimate dream job would be showrunner for Doctor Who. That's right. Because I think that show has gone down and I would love to... I would love to take over Doctor Who and do it with like a retro aesthetic. Because, you know, it is my favorite show, but... It's not my favorite show at the moment, uh, and it'd be cool to to bring that show back to its roots. And that is my answer to your question, Bit Apart. Let's listen to some more music. This is a classic. This is Celerect L.A. Dreams with the track Modern Touch.
And that was Modern Touch by Celerect L.A. Dreams from the album Machine Wired. I think that was the first track I heard of Celerect L.A. Dreams right around when I was discovering the scene. And uh, what a great fucking song that is. All right, let's uh, read some more questions. This was another question from last time. This is from London Lasers. He says, if you were a pizza topping, what topping would you be? I guess just pepperoni. I mean, that's the one I like. I wouldn't be any of those, like, fucking weird toppings. Like, I get that I'm a weird guy, but I wouldn't want to be a weird pizza topping because I'd want people to want to eat the pizza. I mean, are you sentient? If you're a pizza topping, are you sentient? Do you understand that you're a pizza topping? Do you want people not to eat you? Because if that's the question, I'd be like an anchovy or something shitty that nobody wants. And then maybe there's that chance that you would never end up being a pizza topping because you would just stay in the jar because no one ever orders you. So if I didn't want people to eat me, I'd be an anchovy or just something else that's horrible. You know, when someone's like, oh, you know, we're one of those wacky pizza places that offers uh, unique fucking pizzas. And that's like, what's so unique about them? Because everyone ends up ordering just a normal pizza anyways. And they'll be like, we got the banana pizza. I'm like, oh, good for you. But nobody wants it. All right, there's a burger place that's near me where they advertise that they have like 35 different kinds of burgers, but they don't really have 35 different kinds of burgers. They've got maybe like four, and then it's just they all have weird toppings. But to me, the the topping doesn't necessarily make the burger. You know what I mean? Like if you consider a burger is, well, there's the ketchup mustard burger. That's the fucking high school special. And then we've got burger number two, which has peanut butter and cheese on it. And you're like... They're not different burgers. Those are toppings. So, what was I talking about? Pizza? (laughs) Fuck you and your dumb question. All right, next. (laughs) Well, this was a comment. This was from uh, listener Nick Autry. Uh, I think this was in reference to when I released that Beyond Synth episode where I was playing some of the joke songs I've made over the years. And he says, Dude, I am laughing my ass off at the Your Mom is Bald track you debuted on the recent Taking Care of Business show. Sitting here about to take off on a flight and the guy next to me asks, What's so funny? So I made him listen to it. (laughs) So, I just want to say... Uh, thanks for listening to the show, dude, and thank you for playing that to the person next to you because I just love the idea that for the rest of that guy's life, he's just going to be like, what the fuck was that? And that makes me happy. <laughs> hey, this was a comment from Depressed Teen. Depressed Teen. He says, thanks for making the show. When I'm sad, I just play this and it makes me happy again. Also, play some Electric Dragon on the show. Well, maybe we'll get to that, man. Electric Dragon is pretty cool, so one of these days we will. Uh, thanks, man. Don't be sad. Be happy. Right? Is that some good advice? (laughs) I mean, you are called Depressed Teen, so, I mean, you know. Maybe you're just in need of a little of that frown upside down stuff and just change your name from Depressed Teen to, like, Ecstatic Teen. And maybe that'll literally change your whole life. Sometimes that's all it takes, man, is just a little change attitude. And now let's listen to some more music. This is a track by 24-7 off the album Zero Hour. And I believe this one is on Time Slave Recordings. Go check out Time Slave Recordings, man. They got some good stuff. And this is one of those good things. This is 24-7 and the track First Encounter.
And that was First Encounter by 24-7. Off the album Zero Hour, you can get that at Time Slave Recordings. And I should remind everybody that Beyond Synth is brought to you by Piccolo Joe. Piccolo Joe creates vintage-style t-shirts that draw inspiration from 80s and 90s films, art, and fashion. So go check out piccolojoe.com and uh, check out their stuff, man. There's some really funny designs, and they're interesting, and I think uh, if you like fun things, you might like fun shirts. And if you like fun shirts, you'd like piccolojoe.com. All right, let's uh, read some more questions here. This is from Genuine Human, at Genuine Human Art on Twitter. He says... Tell us how you feel about where Synthwave is at now compared to how it was when you first found it. How you feel it has evolved. Hmm. Well, nothing beats when you first discover something. So there is always going to be that point where, and I think a lot of people are like that with the Synthwave, where their favorite artists are the ones that they found first. So I would say at least now there's a lot more to choose from. There was something exciting about Synthwave when I first found it because I didn't know it existed, right? So I was like, oh, wow, like people are actually doing this kind of music. Like, this is fucking awesome. So like anything, when it grows, the only issue I really see with Synthwave now, I think like there's some really good production going on. There's a lot of people making it. But of course, you know, it's like a numbers game. The more people doing it doesn't necessarily mean there's like more quality. So there are lots of artists that seem sort of derivative of other ones, which you know, is interesting because, you know, you have an artist like, say, Miami Nights 1984, and his music is almost like a template that, you know, newer artists will use, maybe unconsciously. And it's very difficult because some artists, you know, have to continually reinvent themselves. And so Synthwave now, it's funny, like, you know, new artists come in and kind of deliver that sound that you know, that Synthwave outrun sound, and the actual, like, legacy synthwave artists are having to expand their style to i think stay artistically sort of satisfied and so it's interesting so you know laserhawk for example right i mean every time he puts out an album it's got a kind of a different vibe to it and i like that i like uh you know there's a lot of people who have really impressive production value there's a lot of people who come into the scene now it seems anyways have already cut their teeth making music in other genres and so they they come in with with like a higher quality you know so so that's cool and i see more people kind of blending different styles with uh, with the electronic music so you know to say how synthwave has changed is weird because synthwave itself is a nostalgic genre and so when you stray too far from it it's like well it's not synthwave anymore and then what the hell is synthwave So, the only thing I can really say how it's changed is that there's just more people doing it, and there's more exposure, but I don't know about evolving, because that's an interesting, that's an interesting idea. The idea of an art form that's purely based on nostalgia evolving, and I'm going to have to give that some more thought, that's really interesting. He also wants to know, who is your favorite ninja who isn't Scorpion or Sub-Zero? Who is your favorite ninja who isn't Scorpion or Sub-Zero? Good fucking question. Ermac. No, um, I'm trying to think. Okay, not Mortal Kombat. I guess... Oh, fuck me. Uh, um, uh, Cyborg Cyborg Ninja from Metal Gear. Uh, Gray Fox. Hurt me more! Fucking Gray Fox is awesome. So that's my answer. <laughs> and if it wasn't Gray Fox, it would be probably Snake Eyes from uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah, Gray Fox. 
That's my only quote I do from him, by the way, is hurt me more. That's me. Hurt me more! I don't remember what else he says. <laughs> Let's listen to some more music. Speaking of Miami Nights, uh, here's a classic. This is uh, Miami Nights, uh, 1984, from the album Turbulence. This is Ocean Drive.
And that was Ocean Drive by Miami Nights 1984. Off the album Turbulence. Let's uh, read some more questions. This is from Thomas Venn. Thomas Venn says, Hello, you wanted some questions for the Q&A episode. I got some right here. How do you see the synth scene in the next few years? With my eyes. I don't know, man. I hope I'm surprised. That's all I'll say. That's the trickiest thing, like I just said with the last question. You've got a genre that's based on nostalgia, but at the same time, it's new. So there's that weird balance of how do you surprise somebody while also sticking to a format? And you can do it. I mean, you see it in film all the time, right? You see a lot of movies that have the same formula that are very generic. You see things coming from a mile away. Then there's other movies you watch where you're surprised, but then when... You really break it down. You go, well, they technically followed all the beats, you know, in a proper story structure. But I was still surprised by these moments. And so uh, my hope for a synthwave scene in the future is just that there's more artists that come in that make quality music that, uh, you know, surprises me, I guess. What do you enjoy the most out of making Beyond Synth? I enjoy chatting with people the most, uh, meeting new people and having fun conversations. I do enjoy editing. That's something I actually do like a lot. I like because there's... I treat editing very creatively, and I treat this show very creatively, even though it is sort of a standard interview show. You know, my main mission is that, you know, that people have a lot of fun and that they're very happy with doing Beyond Synth. So that's the most important thing to me is to make sure the guests are happy with it. And so, you know, when I go in and I edit out awkward moments or I, you know, I flip things around or whatever, it's it's in service of making the conversation feel as real and as fun as it was. Because, you know, you have fun chatting with somebody on Skype, but then when you listen back to that conversation afterwards, there's all these weird pauses and delays and it feels kind of disjointed and it's not quite the way you felt when you were talking to the person. So I do enjoy editing and and making those moments feel as, as real as they can, you know, and as fun as, as they could possibly be. But really, it's just meeting new people. You know, I like musicians, I like synthwave, so to me, it's just a lot of fun to chat with people who make music I like. I've always enjoyed talking to artists, and musicians in particular, which is weird because I'm not really a musician, but I really enjoy talking to them. I find I gravitate towards them and, and have sort of fun conversations. So that's that's it, really. Like, uh, it's just I, I enjoy creative people, and I like to talk to them. And that is what I enjoy most about doing Beyond Synth. And I like to laugh. And so, you know, if I meet somebody who's funny, I really enjoy it. Do you see yourself as a big influence in the synth scene? Uh, no. I mean, you know, there are a few examples here and there of people who have been on the show who say they listened to the show and then that inspired them to make music. But to be honest with you, the heavy hitters in the scene don't give a shit about Beyond Synth. <laughs> So I don't see myself as an influence. Hopefully I see myself as like a part of the scene and maybe an interesting part of the scene. Like I, I hope that we all can be part of the same ecosystem and work together and complement each other. Like I like the idea that people can listen to my show and get to know the artists that they're listening to. I think that's cool. But I don't see myself as an influence. And I find it really awkward when people ask me their advice. Because I've got some big artists who fucking send me songs and they say, what do you think of this? And I always feel weird about answering them because 
on one hand, I want them to do what they want to do creatively because it's their project. For me, I am very sensitive to certain technical issues when it comes to music, and and sometimes I don't want to offend an artist by saying like, oh, you know what. I don't like the sound of that drum, or I think that synth solo is a little weird, because then it gets into this weird thing of like, do I have the right to influence the direction of someone's music? You know, uh, it's weird. It's a weird position to be in, because on one hand, maybe I do. Maybe it would make the thing better, and that's ultimately better for everybody. On the other hand, it's not my project, and I'm always very careful when I when people ask me for advice to let them know, this is my opinion, I'm saying this purely from my point of view because I've I've worked with people before who they're not great at giving advice that isn't just saying, here's what I would do, but some people frame it as if it's advice. Like, here's what would make this thing better is if I had creative control over your project. And it's like, no, no, no. So I've always been very conscious and very good at saying, you know, if I'm reading like a script or something that that someone has written saying here's what i think suits what you're going for it's not necessarily what i would do but it's like this would be cool and i think it sort of suits the style that you're working in and i try and put myself in the headspace of the style that the person is is doing because sometimes you people will just be like you're like you're doing a drama and someone's just like oh it would be cool if like a ninja broke through the window i'm like okay i get that that's what you would do but like does that seem appropriate for this fucking drama, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see myself as an influence, really. What else? Are there any artists you really want to talk to but still haven't? Yeah. And now let's listen to a track. <laughs> uh, but you know, I would always like to have Mitch Murder on the show. He's never going to do it. But, hey, maybe we can use this as an opportunity to tweet at Meech. Fucking tweet at Meech, man. Remind him. He doesn't want to do it, but I love tweeting at him. Okay, let's listen to some music. It's been a few minutes. Uh, this is a cool track by Yuko. U-K-O-H. think he's from Japan. And this track is called Love You.
And that was Love You by Yuko. And I think you can also get that on Time Slave Recordings. What do you know, man? It's pretty cool out there. I don't know what that means. Don't forget that Beyond Synth is also brought to you by DownToJam.com. It's a free website that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. It's like a uh, social networking site for musicians. If you're a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, go to DownToJam.com. Go to downtojam.com and check it out. That's a D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. Do it. Now let's listen to some more. Let's listen to some more. Let's read some more questions. Hugh Hamill says, What's the funniest Beyond Synth moment that didn't make the final edit? On the top of my head, it, I think it was um, in the, the episode I did with Arcade High, Betamax, and Magic Sword, where all three of them were there at the same time. I remember there being like a an off conversation rant about something to do with urinals and going, oh, what the fuck was it? I don't even remember. I just remember it was really funny. But then when it came down to the edits, not everyone was in agreement that it should stay in the show. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're doing a show with that many guests and I thought it was funny, like I my I always advocate to keep the funny in at all costs. Like to me, the funny stays over anything else you know someone tells a really boring story but it's about music very uh specifically and there's also a funny story and my choice is to cut something out i'm gonna cut the music story and keep the funny thing in because i want the show to be entertaining i just remember it was something to do with urinals and it was just really vulgar but funny um i wish i could say what it was but i don't even remember what it was but uh yeah so, I hope that answers your question. Urinals. Was it to do with urinals or more to do with just peeing in the bathroom? Ah, I can't, I cannot remember. I think it's just because we said the word pissing a lot. And it was like, and just when it was over, it's just like, that seemed like a really crude section of the show. Hugh Hamill also wants to know, when are you going to interview Carpenter Brute? Probably never. I used to chat with him back in the day. I don't... Some people, when they're not English, doing the show is... It's a little intimidating because I don't go into shows with pre-planned questions. And it really is conversational. And if you don't feel comfortable conversationally in another language, then that process can be really difficult. For some people, you know, I always use uh, Vincenzo Salvi as an example. He's just a really goofy, fun guy. So even though when I first talked to him in season one, when his English wasn't great, he was up for anything because he's just, it's fun. It's funny. You know what I mean? Whereas... I don't know that that is everyone's temperament. So you got to be pretty fluent with English uh, or else it doesn't really work. And this show isn't really an interview show. So yeah, probably never. But I love Carpenter Brute's music, man. I'll tell you that. Well, I think we should, uh, maybe we should go to the Patreon. Should we do that? I don't even know. This is a weird episode. Let's listen to some more music. Let's listen to Alex. Off the album Extinct. I really like the vibe of this one. Um, it's something to do with like inspired by Jurassic Park or something. But I, I, I like the vibe of this track. It's neat. This track is called Birth by Alex.
was Alex with the track Birth off the album Extinct. And uh, that's a good one. Let's uh, go to the Patreon. Alright guys, as you know, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. That's a way you can donate to Beyond Synth and help the show out. And tell your friends, uh, because it'd be really great to uh, make this show even bigger and better, and I need your support. And the best part is that every amount counts. So if you want to donate a lot of money, if you want to donate like a dollar, it all adds up and it all really helps me out a great deal, and I appreciate it a lot. This week, uh, we got a new donor here. We got Joshua Holland. Thanks, Joshua Holland. You're a cool guy. From your little thumbnail image, you look like you're wearing a red shirt and you have a beard and a hat. 
I'm looking at a very, very small thumbnail. Usually I can't really see images in those things, but uh, I believe that's what it is. Anyways, thanks, man, for your support. You're a cool guy. Joshua Holland is a cool guy. Now let's go. Now let's go to my five dollar Pattersons. There's Kai. There's X Riz Music. Joe and Lando. Roman. Bobby B. John Eternal. Dougie Fresh. Lame Robot. Mono Memory. Florence Bullock. Matthew Lister. Simon Norberg. Veilingo. New Gat Ninja, The Rosconian, Night Raptor, Stu M, Ross Pentland, Dana Jean Phoenix, Tristan Waits, Rawl Pud, Aled, Grant Bouvier, Barons of Santa Carla, Seattle Synth, Starlight Fisher, Olivia Mutant John, a new donor, Timothy Pierce. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> That's the best I can do for you. <laughs> Thanks, Timothy. You're a cool guy, man. Thanks a lot for uh, donating to the show. If you're listening out there and you want to be a cool person, too, I said person there because if you're a lovely lady, you can also donate. And if you're a lovely man, you can also donate. I want lovely people to donate. Lovely men and women from across the board. And Timothy Pierce is a man. A man's man. And then there's Ethan Hennings. And of course, the donation shun of the BB's Beast. What? Uh, this, <laughs> this, of course, are the people who donate six. 66. There's Hellroy, Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, Carm, Unholy Rat King, and new donor, Straylight. Straylight has now become a member of the donation of the Beast. And keeping the Beast in line is Max Hutchings, 667, and of course, Retro Revolution. With the donation of the 777 Lucky 7. Now let's go to my $10 Pattersons. There's Jake Last, Trevor Resnick, Colin Bennett, Fraser Davidson, Victor Garza, Ezra Van Dam, Winfield. And you can check out, I just posted the thank you video for Winfield. So go to the Beyond Synth YouTube page and you can see me playing a ukulele. And there's Willow. Willow is a cool guy. There's Nathaniel Rivera. I don't know why I just singled out Willow. <laughs> I always feel weird. Like, I want to single people out and make it a bit more special, but then I don't want people to be jealous if I didn't single them out. I don't know. Don't be jealous. There's Polly Digital, Joshua Everson, Slunks. Fucking slunks! There's Greg Smith, Ashley Keegan, Tim Walmsley, Mike Shima, Shabugan, Face X Hugger. Is that new? Face X Hugger. That must be new. Thanks, Fakes. Fa- <laughs> That's a difficult one to say. Thank you, Face X Hugger. You're a cool guy, or were you always there and you had a different name? Well, whatever. Your face ex-hugger now. Thank you for your donation. Face ex-hugger. I think he sent me some tracks to listen to. And uh, who else? We got another new donor here. Chrysalila Lane. Chrysalila with the 1111. 
Lucky 1111. You know, are you one of those people who's superstitious when you look at the clock and when it says 1111? You're like, well, that means something. That's not just because every day my head always turns towards the clock at around that time. It means something. Something special. Thank you, Chris Lila Lane. You're a cool lady. You're one of them lovely ladies I was talking about from before. And then I felt the need to be politically correct, and I said, well, I also need lovely men. But that was bullshit. (laughs) Anyways, Chris Lila, that name sounds fake to me, but I'm uh, happy for your support. I'm happy for your support. Does that make sense? I don't know. Thank you, Chris Lila. Chris Lila Lane. I just like to say that one. That sounds cool. And, of course, there's Jacob Wick with the 2288. Uh, He's a special guy, Jacob Wick, and I appreciate his support. He's one of those lovely men I was talking about. And then, the king of the Pattersons, Chris Dance. Chris Dance is a really cool guy, and you guys should all know that. And I think that you do. If you want to donate to Beyond Synth Patreon, check out patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Let's listen to some more music. This is Alpha Rhythm and the track Inner City Portal.
And that was Inner City Portal by Alpha Rhythm. That guy makes music I like. Maybe we should go and uh, keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. Marco, We are keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick. How's it going, dude? Oh, I'm pretty good, mate. Pretty good. And yourself? I'm all right. Trying to stay warm here, mate. It's fucking been raining all night, pissing down, and it's freezing. Not like Canada cold, but like Australia cold. <laughs> dude, this this uh, past week has been hotter than hell mm. here. It's been so fucking hot. And the thing is, when it gets hot in Canada, though, it also gets like pretty humid lately. Yeah. I was trying to film the other day for the Beyond Synth show, and it was so fucking hot that like I was just like sweating and my hair went all crazy. And like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not the hair. Your hair's always perfect, Andy. <laughs> when people see episode one of the show, like, there is... I'm going to make a game that people can point out. But literally, like, it, was, it wasn't until I got the footage, because I have a new camera that shoots in 4K, uh-huh. and I had one loose gray hair that was just... <laughs> Uh, and when you see it in 4K, it's so noticeable that there's just this fucking gray hair that's just <laughs> out. And uh, yeah, it's annoying. Anyway, that's that's the humidity for you. I'm doing a, a Q&A episode this week, so I've just been answering uh, listener questions. Oh, cool, cool. So you've been a busy man, huh? You're always busy, Andy. A very busy man, a busy bee, even <laughs> busy bee. So, what, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to, dude? Uh, mainly, I've been playing a lot of video games, a lot um, in the last probably two weeks or so. Um, we've been playing Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, I play that a lot with Jazzy, um, and then I've been playing Ghost Recon with Jazzy and. Yeah, anyway, I've been playing that a lot. And um, also, uh, I've been playing... I've got... How's it? I, du- I dusted off the PlayStation 3, mm. and I've been playing Uncharted 2 and 3 online with my brother. We used to play it fucking ages ago, and we're like, we miss it, you know, because there's like... Mm. There's a really good cooperative mode, so we've been uh, we've been just thrashing that the last few nights. Um, so a lot of fun, Andy. No, uh, the Uncharted series are great. I think I played a bit of the Horde mode with a friend in part two. Mm. Uh, it was really hard. I remember it being really difficult. It is, but you get better and better at it. I mean, we played on Crushing now, and uh, I just love the challenge of it, you know, but you really got to work together. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's because the multiplayer games I play a lot of, it's sort of almost like everyone is in their own little it's, it's like the way little kids play where they sort of, they're playing with each other but they're sort of playing their own little game. Yeah. You know, like when I play Goldeneye or those sorts of things a lot of my friends, we're not very cooperative, like we're playing together but it's more like they're on one side of the map, I'm on the other side of the map and it's almost like we're in a competition with each other even when we're cooperatively playing to see who gets the most kills between each other mm. even if we're playing cooperatively and I think when I played Army of two i remember working together and go okay like but they force you to right like it's like you know every mm. time you want to leg up or you gotta like walk up to the other guy and press triangle to get over doors and things that's right i used to like that game <laughs> well i like i like co-op games in general i wish there was more I, I saw a trailer for one that looked interesting it was about like a prison break i think they they might have showed footage at e3 i feel like it was even electronic arts so it might even be oh 
I did see something about that. Uh, uh, somebody was saying that's one of the games that impressed, I don't know, a critic or whoever, a reporter. It really impressed them because it was just different, you know? It was really different. It, the interesting part was um, they're showing the two-player split-screen mode and, like, sometimes a player would be in a cutscene, but that that cutscene would not be affecting the second player. Mm-hmm. So, like, player one, you see on his screen, like, a movie scene playing, basically, but then player two can still walk around while that movie scene is playing, like, on their screen because it's not, like, a movie scene for their character. No, I see. So, interesting. Like, I'm curious to see how that will play out. I don't know what the fuck it was called, but someone will probably tell me. Yeah, well, it's vital with these co-op games. I know, I love co-op too. Like, I used to... I don't know, I'm not into the competitive shit anymore, and, and, and it's hard to get the good crew to play together online. Yeah. Uh, I've been pretty fortunate through this synthwave scene to have, you know, met a lot of good friends online that, uh, you know, so so I'm pretty lucky. You know, you need to also just play with, like, adults. I just think it's... Uh, there's just some people who just have an attitude online that's just really annoying, mm. and, uh, you know, I don't want to hear them talk. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, if it's... I know I hear you, but I, I only, like, I'm pretty selective who I play games with these days, and... Uh, you know, usually I talk, uh, I've got um, a TeamSpeak account, so, you know, I share the info and we, and we talk while we're playing, but obviously you don't want to be talking to kids, you know, or so, I don't know, you know what I mean, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the internet, internet brings out the worst in people too, and you notice, especially with video games, I mean, you get such fucking trolls and they're just, oh, yeah. it's their thing, you know, they get a little kick out of fucking annoying people, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've all experienced that before. But it's pretty mature. But I don't know. I guess that's that's it, you know? <laughs> that is it, man. <laughs> well, how about this? Let's listen to some fucking music. What do you got for me? All right, Andy. Uh, I've got a song that I'm really liking this week. It's called Gravity Maneuvers by A Bachelor of Hearts. It is off a five-track EP called A Cosmic Funk Odyssey, and it's available at New Retro Wave Records. I recommend you guys check it out. Well, let's listen to that. This is Bachelor of Hearts. With the track Gravity Maneuvers.
And that was Gravity Maneuvers by Bachelor of Hearts. Marco Merrick's first <laughs> pick of the week. <laughs> one of these questions, I've been answering questions this show, and one of them is directed sort of at you. Me? Uh, yeah. This is from Lou Rinaldi. Oh, good old Lou. He says, I have this friend... <laughs> who promised to keep it 80s, but has really been veering into the 90s lately. How can I help him keep to his commitment? I didn't promise anything. <laughs> what the hell has he come up with this stuff? Lou! Lou! <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we could try to keep it more 80s, but I guess I guess with video games and that, I mean, there's great video games in the 80s, but I think 90s were really an incredible era in video games, personally. I like <laughs> I didn't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do you come up with this stuff, Lou? Come yeah. on, Lou. Fuck you, Lou. That's right, I said it. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, two tickets to the resurrection. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so that's what you get, Lou. Yeah, sorry, Lou. I was going to talk a little bit more about the 70s this time, but... <laughs> yeah, we can do that too, man. Let's just avoid the 80s from now on. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Oh, shit. I've been playing a lot of, um, I got the HD remake of Wonder Boy 3. Ooh. It's called The Dragon's Trap. That's a confusing one. I looked it up. There's two different, uh, it depends on which console release. It was Dragon's Trap and... Yes, was, yes. Fuck, what was the other name? Well, um, I played it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I played it on the TurboGrafx-16 oh, where it was called Dragon's Curse. That's right. Yes. Yep. And the thing was, it they never even said Wonder Boy 3 anywhere on the TurboGrafx release. Mm. So it was just called Dragon's Curse, like straight up. That's so weird. And it was only a decade later or something that I was getting ROMs for an emulator, and I saw like Wonder Boy 3 for, I think it was it was Nintendo or Sega or one of them, or both of them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wait, this is the same game. Like, what the hell is this? Wonder wow. Boy 3? So the remake is of Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. Mm-hmm. That company does neat remakes because they, they really do like a unique art style mm-hmm. and there's a lot of animation. So everything animates very smoothly. It's very cartoony. And uh, they, they really like spiced up the backgrounds and things. Awesome. They took more artistic license, I suppose, with the remake. A lot of the times, those remakes, they're pretty basic. Like, they just sort of, mm. yeah, we'll take the exact sprites and we'll sort of make them look nice in HD, but that's it. But this one, like, they've really, like, embellished the backgrounds a lot and uh, added a lot of animation wow. to the characters and things. And mm. It's still fucking hard. Like, I I don't remember. I remember I beat it as a kid, but yeah, so I. I go back and play it now and I forgot everything and there's like some parts where there's this there's this boss that you needed a boomerang to fight but the characters don't always drop boomerangs for you Mm. so like there's this part where you just have to keep going back and forth killing guys until they drop the item that you need Uh, but uh, I like it I I had it on I had it on uh, Master System I really want to check out this new version you're talking about I've been meaning to go back and play it I've actually been playing quite a few older games like I played uh, just recently last week I think I couldn't finish it though mother anyway uh, (laughs) UN Squadron I was uh, I was playing. I love that Super Nintendo game, but okay. um, that's awesome that you had it on the Turbo Graphics because that was supposed to be the best version uh, around. Uh, I had it on the Master System. I absolutely loved it. I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with uh, Wonder Boy Two as well. Mm. Uh, it was uh, in the arcade. They had an arcade machine of it in um, the corner store at the deli there, uh, just up the road. So I used to spend, you know, got there with my. Uh, well, we don't have quarters. We have twenty cent coins, but uh, we used to. Do you have? Do you have quarters, Andy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our our money is the same as the states. Like we have all the same. Ah, uh, yeah. Fair enough. I go back and uh, 
I loved the Turbo Graphics version, and that's the only sort of disappointing thing because you can with the the new version you can press like L two and it just switches to the old graphics, mm-hmm. and you can like switch the music back and forth just on the fly. But it sounds more Nintendo y, like it doesn't sound the way like the the tunes were the same in the Turbo Graphics version, but there was something different about the way the music sounded, mm-hmm, okay. and uh, that's the only thing because uh, it, it's it sounds more just using like the Nintendo sound chip. I mean, there's an option to, that you can check where it, it does the music coming out of the FM sound chip or whatever, but that still doesn't sound like the Turbo Graphics version. Right. It sounds like another system. Mm-hmm. But I mean, whatever. Like, I mean, I I, I like the game. Yeah. I, I got it for the Switch. I mean, this is um. Oh shit! Let's let's listen to another song. <laughs> let's do that first. We can go back to that. Yeah, yeah. That was an interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, all right, I've got a, a song here. <laughs> I got a. Ch- if you, if you have to say it's interesting conversation, I don't know that it is. <laughs> no, it is. For, well, for you and me, it is. It's probably just for you, for you and me, though. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> Everyone else is going like, fucking move on. Anyway, i got a track here from uh, Retouch, who's got a new album out, uh, which is available at retouch.bankhead.com. Um, it's very good stuff. It's called Light Years. The track I'm going to play off it is the opening track called Earthquake. And this is Retouch with the track Earthquake.
And that was Earthquake by Retouch. And that's a cool song. That was Mark O'Merrick's second pick of the week. Mm, and right. uh, I hope you yeah. guys liked it. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it a cool song, man. Well, you're not asking me, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> the um, when I was talking to somebody about how why I like the Switch, this is the first sort of Nintendo console in a long time where it's a decision to me now what version to get, especially when it comes to indie games, mm-hmm. because if it's going to look the same before, if it came out on the PlayStation and it came out on the Wii U or the Nintendo or on the Wii, it was no question. It was like, well, you buy it on the PlayStation. Like, what am I going to buy it on the Nintendo for? (laughs) This is the first time with the Switch now where when a game comes out on both systems, just like this Wonder Boy remake, I was really torn on which system to buy it for. Mm -hmm. Because on one hand, I can play it portable, like on the Switch. And on the other hand, like the PlayStation has, you know, the trophies and all that shit. And uh, I I opted for the Nintendo version. So this is like the first time where I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing the value in the Switch more now, like for certain types, for certain titles where it actually is more useful to have it on the go because the switch is a really powerful system considering like how small it is like yeah it's not as good as like a playstation 4 mm. but it's still pretty powerful considering it's a fucking tiny graphics tablet are pretty thing. good like, i was quite impressed with the graphics because because i know with the wii and a few of the other systems they were a little bit behind with the graphics i know they were kind of ahead with innovation and doing all these different stuff you know um which was cool but uh no the switch has got great graphics i was looking at mario kart i mean i almost want to get one just for fucking mario kart man i, I love that game andy the the only thing that frustrates me about Mario Kart, and I like Mario Kart and even the new one, but um, the fucking music and it's annoying and you can't turn it off. <laughs> you can't turn it off. No, it, the music was it comes connected with the sound effects, so you either turn down the volume of your TV because man, every song on the fucking Mario Kart sounds like the theme song to Saturday Night Live, where you know where they just go like crazy on a saxophone, where it's not really playing a melody, really. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I don't like saxophone. Like I only like it in very rare really? occasions. Oh yeah, only. What's wrong with you? No, I hate it. Uh, it has to be. <sighs> Very specific occasions I've liked the saxophone. The song on Lost Boys. You just like the guy that's playing it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His bulge made... Anyway, then there's the... Um, uh, the Midnight. The Midnight have a few sax yeah. tracks that I really like. But then they have a guy who actually plays a saxophone. Mm. I don't like synth saxophone at all. I can understand that. I can understand that. Okay, fair enough. When they go nuts with the saxophone and like on Saturday Night Live, like those kind of songs where it's not really a melody, where it's just like... You know, it's doing that. Almost like a jazzy sort of thing. I just, I just don't like that. Like, I just, I, mm. to me, it just sounds. I don't like the sound of it. But that's the only flaw, really, with Mario Kart. It's really good. And now that Nico announced uh, some peripherals for the Switch, because like, I like the idea of the Switch, and I like that you can have these different bases hooked to different TVs, and whenever you want, you can just like you set it down on the base and then all of a sudden it's hooked to your TV like it's really easy to connect but Nintendo wants to charge like a fucking well it's 110 bucks Canadian for a a base station which is essentially a square of plastic with a with ports on it right. this device shouldn't be a hundred dollars like it's not worth that so Nyko uh, announced their line of like switch peripherals oh, cool. and that's going to make the switch better because like you know sometimes you want to buy official like when it comes to controllers and things like i was never really like a third-party controller guy like i always like buying the real ones mm. but in the case of the switch it's like i can buy a third-party like screen protector or like case like i don't care about that shit and uh, in this case Nyko has like a much cheaper alternative for the base station thing because ultimately I, I love that idea of like yeah if I just have a bunch of TVs like one at my dad's place you know you know one in the fucking living 
room or whatever and there's a thing that just in front of the TV and like whenever you want to play Switch on the TV you just fucking plunk it down on that thing and it's just automatically connected and I think that's really cool Ooh. so that's uh, that's that that's my Switch story yeah. <laughs> are they bringing out another Star Fox uh, for the Switch? Uh, they will I mean everyone got excited because they announced Metroid but like they didn't show anything i mean i was talking about this to jake last week all they said was the word metroid and the number four metroid prime four and everyone's like oh i'm so glad nintendo announced metroid i'm like dude that game is not coming out anytime soon yeah like they didn't even show they didn't even show a picture of samus they showed the word metroid prime which they took off the box art (laughs) and then number four like they didn't even it wasn't even like a cool looking announcement Mm. so that game is at least 2019 like so there's no point Mm. even getting excited about it yeah and i'm not gonna No, I'm not too excited either. <laughs> you got a, you got another song over there? Sure do. I got a, the new one from Nina. I know she's no stranger to your show, Andy. She's even been in your studio, I've seen, on one of those videos. And her new song's called One of Us. It's a, it's a beautiful song. Well, this is the track from Nina, who's no stranger to my studio. This <laughs> is One of Us. <laughs>
And that was One of Us by Nina, Marco's third pick of the week. <laughs> anyway, we could probably wrap this up, I guess. Uh, what do you got to say? You got anything closing thoughts? Oh, not really, Andy. Not really. Uh, just looking forward to playing some more video games. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what, what are you going to play when we stop recording? Probably straight after this, I'm going to be playing Elder Scrolls Online with Jazzy, I think. Yeah. I've been trying to get you to play that, but it was fucking hopeless. You're like talking about everybody in town jumping around or something you were saying. I didn't. Crazy. Well, look, I love I love the like the Elder Scrolls is one of my favorite franchises, mm-hmm. but I just don't dig the online one. It's just not it's the same. Not, it's all right, man. If you've got a good crew, anyway, I'm not going to try to get No, no like, it's fine. It's just not what I want from Elder Scrolls. You know, like, there's a certain games where there's a certain experience. And the thing I noticed about Elder Scrolls Online that I found really weird Mm. is that there was a disproportionate amount of missions that involved you talking to ghosts. Like, there was a a lot of fucking ghosts, man. Like, every mission I would do would just be like, talk to fucking Eldermere, and you'd go there and he'd be a ghost. I'm like, of course he's a fucking ghost. Everybody's a goddamn ghost in this game. Seriously, I owned that game for a few months, and I must have talked to, like, so many ghosts. I'm like, why why are there so many ghosts giving me missions? There's a lot of zombies, too, actually. Now that I think about it, there's a lot of zombies. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, But for me, it's just, I love just the solo adventuring aspect of, of Elder Scrolls. And if I could play some sort of mod where I could play Skyrim with a friend where somehow it didn't cause a crazy glitch to like because the problem with Bethesda games especially like you know Elder Scrolls and Fallout is whenever they release they're always full of these crazy like game breaking bugs until they get solved I hate that shit and that's always I mean that's the case when you have you know a really complicated game so I will say that when I played Elder Scrolls online it was pretty seamless like it wasn't that glitchy Mm. no but I think it literally is because of the people. Well, that's why I talk about the people. For me, that's what it is. I mean, I'm not even... The game can be average, and if you've got the right company that you play with, it does. I mean, it makes it a great experience. It's all about who you play with. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, true. that makes sense. Because it's just, you know, when you have a game that's got... You know, it's immersive, and you're in another world, and then you walk into the market... And then everyone's just jumping around like an idiot. And there's names above them and they're like saying dumb things. It's just, it just breaks the reality of it. You know, you're supposed to be in like this magical land and there's people jumping around like, hey man, I'll sell you some armor. Fuck you. And like running around and they're like hopping. I'm like, what does this have to do with Elder Scrolls? Like they shouldn't be talking like that. If I walked into a town and everyone was jumping and spinning in circles and trying to, like, jump on high things, I'd be like, what is this fucking world just full of people who are high? I mean, like, it's not even, it doesn't feel right. Anyway, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Anyway, I'm supposed to be. Go- I'm supposed to be going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. About well, five uh, minutes ago. yeah, but we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, but I'm glad I'm glad you're enjoying it. Anyways, the bottom line is that you have fun. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I mean, if you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all it meant. I don't know. I guess so. Anyways, man, we'll 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 fucking uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, we'll do. See you, everyone. See you, Andy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that was keeping it eighties with Marco Merrick. All right, now let's listen to uh, let's listen to some more music. This is a track by Chromatique from the album Chromatique. This is. Night Rider.
feelings My soul has overflowed I'm seeking you in vain But all I see Is only eternal black sky That was Night Rider by Chromatique of the album Chromatique. Let's uh, read some more questions. This is a question from Masters of the Radio. I think I played a track of theirs a few weeks ago. They ask, if you could interview any band or artist, dead or alive, for Beyond Synth, who would it be and why? Well, I would interview Depeche Mode. Because uh, they are my favorite band, and they were growing up when I was a kid. Um, I really liked Depeche Mode, and uh, I still do. And yeah, I'd like to talk to uh, Depeche Mode. I think I would. I would even take them separately too. Like I would enjoy just having a conversation with Martin Gore, because I mean, like he's obviously responsible for a lot of the music of uh, Depeche Mode, which is what I like a lot. I've never been too sure what the Fletcher guy does. I feel like he just sort of stands on stage and wears shades. I could be wrong. I don't really know that much about the band, to be honest with you. But yeah, it would be Depeche Mode. Yeah, there you go. Depeche Mode. Uh, The Pathologist asks, 
You should have Patreon supporters submit random questions as a segment on the show. Good idea, buddy. I'll think about it. P.S. Do you like pickles? They're fine. Pickles are okay. They're one of those foods that I don't hate, but I don't go out of my way to eat them. My wife really enjoys pickles. I'm the kind of guy, like, when I get a burger, if I were out to dinner and there's, like, a pickle on the plate, I will give it to my wife because I don't feel that it's that necessary that I eat it, if that answers your question. That is the at necrotic doctor on Twitter. What does that mean? Pathologist. Ed Cast Sr. Twitter handle Mazin underscore ED. I feel like there's a few questions I didn't say their Twitter handle for. I apologize. Have you ever turned down an artist for your show because their music style didn't go with your format at all? Yes. <laughs> if I really don't like somebody's music, I'm not going to have them on as a guest. So that's number one. People send me stuff. And there's some people who go like, hey, you should interview me on your show. You, I mean, usually that's a red flag to not interview them, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, because that's not the way I work. Like, I like to play music first. I mean, I've never really discussed this openly, what part of my criteria is. But I will tell you now, in case anyone was ever wondering. Once I like a person, I'll have them on as a guest whenever, because I like to have fun conversations with people who I enjoy. So that is why I will have Lucaset on the show all the time, even though they haven't put out anything since the last album, because I like them, you know? Same with, like, Droid Bishop and things like that, you know? Hoo-ha, you know? Like, they don't have to put out new music for me to, to want to have them on this show. But when it comes to interviewing people for the first time, I want them to have enough tracks to talk about. So if somebody has one really good song, I'm probably not going to have them on as a first-time guest if there's only one song. So sometimes people reach out to me and they say, oh, I just released my first EP and it's got like three songs on it. And like, oh, I should be on the show sometime kind of thing. And it's like, well, you've got three songs. Like, I mean, I, I want to play your music throughout the show and, and I want there to be enough. So my rule is usually that I'll have somebody on the show once they have five or six good songs and songs that I like that I'll play. Because ultimately, I just want to like what they're doing. So, and sometimes that can be in one album. Right? Like, sometimes someone puts out an album, and there is fucking, like, six great songs on that album, and that's enough for me. Even five, if I really, really like it. But the idea of, like, turning people down because I don't like their music, like, I don't really work that way. Like, nobody dictates who I have on the show but me. So there's never been, not like some, like, PR company says, like, hey, we'll pay you $2,000 to have somebody on your show. And I'm like, no, I, I, I'm going to have to turn this down on principle. Because I'll be very honest with you. If somebody came to me and said, I'll pay you $2,000 to be on your show, I would have them on the show. It wouldn't even matter what... The, they could make music where they fucking bang garbage cans and fart into microphones, and I would, I would have them on if they paid me that much. <laughs> That's true. Just so you know. But I would probably make jokes throughout the interview about how they paid me. Because... <laughs> That's the kind of guy I am. So the bottom line is, yes, I want to like the music that the person I'm chatting with makes. That really helps. And now let's listen to some music. How about that? Uh, here's a track from Night Fighter. This is from the album Singularity. This is Protoplex.
And that was Protoplex by Night Fighter off the album Singularity. That's a cool one. Lou Rinaldi wants to know, My comment is that I demand to know more about the Rosconian. Who is he? Why is he? Is there a connection to the old video game Bosconian? Well, I don't know anything about the Rosconian, but I'll tell you this. His little thumbnail image, because I've never clicked on it to expand it to be big, but when I look at the little thumbnail image of the Rosconian, I always think it looks like Nicolas Cage. And I've never clicked on it because I didn't want to ruin it for myself. If I click on it and it's like, oh, that's just a picture of him and he doesn't look anything like Nicolas Cage once it's big, but the little thumbnail looks like a smiling Nicolas Cage. So if I have to say anything about the Rosconian, it's this. trying to kill me man pixel wizard bleh, pixel pixel wizard that's a tricky one to say pixel wizard at the nerdy wizard on twitter asks do you enjoy your show <laughs> I guess it sort of depends how you read that question you could be like do you enjoy your show do you enjoy your show <laughs> uh honestly i i do I think that's the only reason why I've been able to keep making it. I think Beyond Synth is a good show. I, I mean, I don't want to sound like a dick for saying that, but I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I know that this show, I think the production value is good. I like listening to Synthwave. I like the blend of having fun conversations and listening to music. I think it's entertaining. I think it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a good show to listen to. I think you sort of get a lot of things at the same time, which is what I like about it. And uh, I have to listen to it several times because when I finish the edit, then I have to listen to the edit. Yeah, so I I do enjoy it. I like making it. And uh, yeah, it's a weird question. (laughs) Well, if I didn't like my show, I wouldn't be able to do it. That's why the show changes sometimes the format, because I keep myself interested when things change and evolve and stuff like that. So I enjoy the show. And if, you know, the show starts to morph around and change, that's just because I'm keeping it fresh for myself so that I continue to enjoy it. That's how to inject the lifeblood into this thing. Slunks at Brent Basso. Is that how you say it? Basso? It's fucking Slunks, everybody. Slunks wants to know, Would you eat a two-inch human for $10 million? Real question. This is not a joke. Would you eat a two-inch human for $10 million? Well, we got to unpack this here. So when you say two-inch human, this is a two-inch high person who is like an anatomically correct human, but they're two inches tall. Do you have to eat them raw? Do you get to cook them? Do they have the same bone density as a big human? I mean, could you just crunch one of these things? Can I deep fry it? Do they got to be alive? Does a two-inch human live? Or is this like a subtle joke what they're trying to say is would I like suck off a doo-doo as a two-inch dink? Like is that a trick question? It's like, oh, you said you need a two-inch human here. I got one for you. Of course, that would mean outing yourself as a guy with a two-inch penis, which I feel really bad for you if that's the case. (laughs) I mean... You know, I know there's all that motion of the ocean nonsense when it comes to small dinks, but, like, a two-inch penis is is tiny. I mean, I'd... I'd, But again, maybe sex is always great for a person with a two-inch dink. I mean, for the guy, because, like, you don't have to do much to be in all the way. (laughs) Would I eat a two-inch human for $10 million? 
Probably. I mean, that's a lot of money. It just depends. I don't know. Like, I have no idea about the logistics of this. Does a two-inch human... Is there, like, a race of two-inch humans? Like, does this person have a family? Am I allowed to eat this thing as if it were just, like, chicken? Or is there, like, like this really crazy, like, moral issue with eating a two-inch human? I mean, I don't know. Is it the, the same rules apply as if I had eaten a regular-sized human? So if I'm allowed to eat this thing like chicken and deep-fry it with the Colonel's secret recipe, uh, yeah, of course I would. Ten million bucks, man. Think about all the fucking two-inch humans I could buy with that. That's another question. How much does a two-inch human cost? Because maybe I could make more than two, ten million just, like, taking that two-inch human on, like, talk shows and things. I could go on Ellen. Be like, hey, Ellen, check this out. I got a two-inch human in a jar. And then she'd be like, Yeah, we got a nine-year-old stuntman. I'll be like, I got a fucking two-inch human in a jar. Give me that fucking cash. So, you know, yes. But maybe the real question is just, do I want $10 million? And the answer to that is yes. Let's listen to some more music. This is a track by Night Stop. So we had Night Fighter, and now we got Night Stop with the, the track Erotic Encounter. Ooh, off the Dancing Killer album.
And that was Night Stop with the track Erotic Encounter. Ooh. <laughs> I'm adding that to the title. So, Night Stop, if you're listening, your song is now called Erotic Encounter. Ooh. <laughs> Stupid. Let's、uh, read some more questions. Joe Ozone. Which you know is Joe and Lando,、uh, who also hosts a podcast called The、uh, Ozone Late Night. Joe often makes these ridiculous photoshops of me and puts them on Twitter. And one of them was、uh, me with a yacht in the Toronto Harbor looking like a rich man. And Retro Revolutions wants to know Wow, Andy, how much did it cost you to moor your yacht up for that photo shoot? So awesome and legit. Well, it cost $75,000 a year. Simply to have the boat there. You got to be really rich if you own a boat. Because, like, the cost of just storage is、uh, off the charts. Future Holotape wants to know when are we doing another interview, sir? Sometime. <laughs> future Holotape makes good music, and I will, of course, have them back at some point in the future. You know how it is, man. I'm a busy bee. I'm a busy fucking bee. Whisper Spinner ASMR. Maybe I should read this as if it's ASMR. Hold on. Forgive me if there's lots of mouth noise here, but I have to do this properly like an ASMR person would. Just talk about Mortal Kombat for an hour and a half, Andy. Or maybe how Battle Arena Toshinden was way better. Hashtag fighting words. So, Whisper Spinner ASMR wants me to talk about Mortal Kombat. While I talk about it, I'll take a Ziploc bag. And I'm gonna fold it. I'm folding a Ziploc bag. I'm folding it again. And I'm folding it one more time. Do you guys know what ASMR is? <laughs> I just realized this joke is not going to work if you don't understand what ASMR is. ASMR is people who like, they talk really close to microphones and they have weird sound effects. And apparently, there's people in the world who、uh, react. Like when they hear ASMR, it, it、uh, affects them in a certain way. And oftentimes, it has to do with people like speaking very close to microphones, like folding paper and stuff. So that's what ASMR is. Just realize that you're just going to think I just turned insane for two seconds. Like, what is he doing? Anyway, that's ASMR. Does Velcro count as ASMR? Hold on. I got some Velcro here. Does this count as ASMR? Hold on. I'm now peeling apart the Velcro. That was Velcro. I don't have any paper here. I always associate it with like the page turning. I've always loved that page turning sound. I'm going to do some page turning ASMR. I'm now turning the page. What a good book this is. I enjoy the company of men. <laughs> Martin Larby wants to know I think it's worth checking out the market for Beyond Synth tees with listeners. Yes, I won't let this drop, Andy. So, people want me to make those Beyond Synth into shirts. 
The issue is, I don't know if I can do it where it's cost effective. That's the problem. Because I do have like a company that I, I get stuff printed with and, and they do, you know, because I have those Beyond Synth mugs, for example. And I know some people said like, oh, they'd really want one. But I'm like, ah, I don't think I can sell them for a price that's appropriate. I mean, I don't know what an appropriate price for a mug is. I mean, I get that if you want to support the show, you'd buy the mug. But, like, I think, like, the math I did to make it cost-effective, it would be something like 25 bucks. I mean, that's with shipping. Maybe some people, when they sell products, they, they don't include shipping in the price. I don't know how it works, really. I'm a really I'm not a good salesman. But I just thought, like, 25 like, with shipping for a mug, like, that's ridiculous. Like, I can't do that. So I'm not going to. T-shirts might be cheaper to send. So if I can, if I, I'm going to check the price and see... And then maybe it is actually like worthwhile to do. And if I do, maybe I will, Martin Larby. <laughs> Let's listen to another track. This is Robots with Ray Guns and the track Dirty Mind.
And that was Dirty Mind by Robots with Ray Guns. We can probably wrap this show up. I'll read two more questions and then we'll we'll end the show. How about that? Ozone Joe wants to know, David Lynch, quirky narrative genius or batshit crazy with a good eye for visuals? I love David Lynch. I think David Lynch is awesome. I've been watching the new Twin Peaks and I really enjoy it. Uh, but I also enjoy his movies. And... I don't know. I mean, I think different people... I think what's great about David Lynch... and I mean, I've seen him in interviews. He says he just... You know, things come to his mind and he just puts them on film. And I think it's like other people who really dissect the meanings of his movies. And I bet you... I mean, I think he knows what they're about, sort of. But not to the extent that I've seen people, like, analyze his films. And watching the new Twin Peaks, it's clear that there is a story... At first, it seems like there isn't one. (laughs) Like, for the first few episodes of New Twin Peaks, it was like, is this whole show literally going to be, like, an hour long of people talking backwards and, like, weird creatures flying around and things like that? But it's clear now that there is a narrative, and they plotted out a story. And that's what I like, is because David Lynch just has this unique style, and it's weird as hell. And I find it really funny. I mean, obviously, some of it's really dark and disturbing and upsetting, But there's also a lot of humor to David Lynch that I really like because it's just so strange. You know, there'll be times where something really important happens in the show and then you're watching a guy spray paint shovels for five minutes, like unedited, you know, and you're just like, why am I watching this? And uh, I think last week's episode had like the scene where some dude was like sweeping and the scene just kept going and just watching this dude sweep. That stuff kind of makes me laugh because you just... You know how TV works and, like, the traditional narrative should feel. And what I love about David Lynch, and especially with this new Twin Peaks, is it is just so weird and unlike any show on television. Not just because it deals with, like, weird sort of supernatural elements, because other shows do that too. But that it just takes these risks of, like, here is a big, long scene that you just watch and go, like... Did this scene have a point? Like, did I just watch some dude, like, scribbling on a piece of paper for four minutes without understanding what that person was scribbling or why I'm watching this? Like, so it's really interesting, and stuff like that makes me laugh. Obviously, there's parts that aren't funny at all. (laughs) And, I mean, the more you start finding out about the villain of the show, like, he's just a fucking awful character. So I don't think he is crazy. I think he just... I think it's cool that he just puts visuals in movies that seem like they're straight from dreams and that he makes things that feel like dreams. And when David Lynch wants to be creepy, he can be fucking creepy. Like, I don't know if anybody else is watching the new Twin Peaks, but anytime there's been two scenes so far where there's this dude who's like painted black and like wearing all black and it's just fucking creepy like whenever that character shows up and I don't know what it means or who he's supposed to be or if we're ever going to get an answer on that but it's just like really upsetting when that person's on screen and they don't talk so I think he's got a good eye for visuals and I don't think he's crazy that's what I think about David Lynch okay last question of the show this is from Chris Lila Lane oh I know you she's a new donor to Beyond Synth one of those lovely ladies I was talking about earlier Chris Lila Lane. Uh, It's got a good alliteration to it. If you had to pick a synth theme song for your life, what would it be and why? Uh, It would be fucking Sure Thing by Ogre. There is a reason why I have that as the theme song for Beyond Synth, because it is awesome. It's got the right energy. It makes you want to walk around. It's cool. It's got a great beat. It sounds nice. It's the kind of song that when you're walking around, if it was just playing in the sky, you would just have a better day. It's so good. So that would be my theme song. 
And if it's raining outside tonight by Le Cassette. Big fan of that one too. I don't know why raining. I just always picture that song with rain. Like it's raining outside. And maybe for the first part where the robot lady's talking, you're like walking in the rain with like a newspaper over your head, like in a movie. I've never seen anyone do that in real life. The old newspaper, staying dry with a newspaper. I've never seen that. Have you seen that? You let me know. Chris Lila Lane. Anyways, guys, listen. It's been an interesting show. We played lots of music this week. And don't worry, I'm recording. I am in the process of recording lots of interviews with lots of uh, new guests for the summer. It'll be the Beyond Synth Summer Series. And it's going to be interesting because in the span of the next few weeks, I'm going to meet a whole bunch of new people. And it's going to be a lot of fun for me and then hopefully for you guys when you get to listen to those interviews in the summer. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show. Remember to like the Beyond Synth Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last on Twitter. Check out the Beyond Synth YouTube page. And what else? That's it, man. I hope you guys have a great weekend and I'll talk to you next time on Beyond Synth. The best synthwave chat show. Actually, let's listen to a song at the end. What? (laughs) Whoops. Alright, we're going to end on a song. Okay, this is a track by Prequel, uh, which is spelled P-R-E-Q-W-A-L and the track is called Midnight Sky. And now... I am signing off. All right? So we're going to listen to Prequel, and I will talk to you guys next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And now here's Prequel with Midnight Sky.